everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 629, NFL Playoff Scenarios. Welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast, early edition. I'm Frank, joined as always with Eddie. Eddie, how's it going? Yeah, things are going well. I like the, us mentioning that it's early edition. Only early for you, early start for you. Normal time, end of my workday for me. But we're still recording earlier than we normally do. This is true. Normally we are late night yeah. European, which uh, you know has its positives and negatives. Maybe the listeners will notice. I've commented on before. They can they can go to the Big Chill podcast on Instagram or Twitter and let us know if I sound livelier and more awake this episode. <laughs> no, you sound the same. The same. Probably same <laughs> monotone. That was always the harshest. When I used to be on the Blackburn Rovers podcast, I think I've told you this, but I've not mentioned it on the podcast previously. Uh, when I was on that for a couple of years back in the... Early days of podcasting, actually, because that was like, that was pre-2010. So that was still way before podcasts had become the thing that they are now. And I remember the first review I ever read was, uh, enjoy the content, but who's that guy with the robot voice? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one, it hurt slightly. I then tried to inject slightly Hey, you should have told him it was like advanced ai you were ahead of the game Maybe you were chat gpting AI. before I even knew what that was it's true i mean most of our listeners right will have never seen me maybe i am just chat gpt <laughs> what does that say about me oh, that would I'm make you very sad robot. <laughs> that would make you delusional potentially insane that would be just constructing this entirely fictional character that you are recording podcasts with twice a week that would be I mean, who knows, right? We're we're all living with the possibility that we're. No, maybe in... we start that. Maybe this is what we do. Maybe we make you a robot and see if anyone can tell the difference. <laughs> I don't think ChatGPT is quite that advanced yet, but I did see that they've like the vocal element of ChatGPT sounds exactly like Scarlett Johansson's voice from her. I don't know if you've seen that. So, like when you get ChatGPT to talk, oh, okay, just, yeah, yeah, they've. They won't admit that they've done this, but clearly they have based the both the voice and the speech pattern on the robot from her. Well, we're going to have to get it changed to you. And we'll see. Will the listeners pick up when the robot complains and gripes about people still paying in cash at the grocery market? That <laughs> <laughs> no, doesn't bother me. Who knows? Maybe it does. I'm pro-cash. That's, that's a true indication. No, no, Will I'm they pro-cash. know if that's what gripes you? Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, if in the future, if robots and AI start to take over and the Eddie on this podcast can f- complains about people using cash, that's the signal that it's not really me. However, now that I've put this onto the internet, there's no way that I could, <laughs> Yeah, you know, now, well, now they know. Yeah, or am I throwing them off? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to start creating, I'll start throwing little elements in that only really attentive listeners will know. It's just to uh, train the robot poorly. I will say, speaking of cash, uh, on my recent cross-country trip, we got into a little snafu because we went through Oklahoma, and Oklahoma has toll roads. 
every toll road basically I've ever driven now in America, you either one, just drive right through, it takes your license plate and just sends you the bill, or two, you pay and you can pay with a credit card. Not in Oklahoma, cash only still. We're living in the 1900s, cash only. So I drove up and I was like, listen, sorry, it said toll roads, but you know, like the other toll roads we went through so far on our journey, they all, you know, just bill like, I didn't know we don't have cash. And she's like, you don't have anything. And I was like, no, she's like, you don't have change, nothing. First off, it's, it's $5 and 50 cents. And I'm like, no, I, I, I don't have it. She's like, can you look through, look through, make sure you don't have any change. And I was like, well, I will just to appease you if that's what you want. But even if I have some change, it's not going to amount to $5 in change. Like I don't have like a bucket of change here. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, like she's like, wow, oh, are you sure you don't have cash? And I was like, I no, like I'm not lying to you. It's $5. I'm not trying to cheat this system here. And she's like, well, we have to like write this thing up and blah, blah, blah. So she like, you have to write like this whole thing that I was like, why can't you just take my license plate and bill me? She's like, we don't do that here. And I was like, this is insane. And then every other place we drove through was just either a credit card or they would take your plate. But we did have to then stop and get cash because we stopped in, I think, Oklahoma City to get food. And I knew we were going to hit another Oklahoma toll. So I had to stop and get cash and had to pay that toll. So I don't know where I fall there. Like I am sympathetic to you. It's coming crazy. To, it's just crazy to me that like they have it. There's still a state that isn't using either a credit card system or a, a billing system with cameras. I guess. But that being said, I still I don't know. I like people using cash. I think it's hey. crazy. In your car, you don't have ten dollars in cash. I actually, most times, I actually do. I, right. I keep like a ten or a twenty just tucked away in there. Yeah. But we had just used it previously for something, and and I hadn't had it anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, I get. It. I, I'm I'm sympathetic hey, to the fact that if, if you were ever allowed in America, Eddie, you'd get along well with my dad, who, when I told this story, said, "That's why you always carry cash." Cash is king. <laughs> That's, That's his favorite quote. No, Cash I mean, king. <laughs> I do think, and you know, I've had my fair share of credit card issues and whatever. I'm, I like to, whenever possible, have reserve cash on me, just and in tons case. of change. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've well, seen you pay upwards of seven to eight euros in change. Well, I mean, for starters, right? We don't have we don't have euro bills here, so I don't think it's that weird to have the two euro coin or the one euro coin on you. Like that? No, they were like fifty. Cents. <laughs> no, I never carry anything below a fifty cent. That's my typical rule. Occasionally, I will throw. If I'm traveling, I will have the odd twenty or ten in, just so that I might be able to give like exact change for something very specific. But typically, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a car, so I can't really comment on what would I keep in my car. But I think if I did have a car, I would be keeping, you know, ten, twenty dollars or equivalent in it just in case. Just in case so, I lost something yeah. and I needed to fill my car up or whatever. Who knows? Well, in, in Canada, what I do like in that system is they got rid of the penny. So everything has to be at least in five cent increments whenever you buy something now. So they like got rid of the penny, which is the most annoying 
piece of change. And in today's world with modern inflation, we can get rid of the fucking penny. <laughs> I mean, big big penny won't let you do that though. Another reason why I hate America. Actually, American currency does. Doesn't, doesn't Europe still have it? <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, euro still. There's still a, a single like a penny euro. I or one cent. I will say just to get the get the listeners who are convinced that I hate America really riled up early on in this episode. I do hate American currency. The fact that America has just stuck to the idea of everything being the same size, just a massive middle finger to blind Americans. What do you That's mean the, the same size? All of your bills are identical sizes. Oh, the bills are. Yeah. Yeah. But the coins oh, are. the coin. Oh, great. Good news. Good news, blind people. You can't pay for $200, but you can pay for 75 cents without <laughs> having to trust the person you're paying. That's... That's the oh, one. Oh, that's thing. that's your issue because you're you're such an advocate for the for the blind community. <laughs> if there's one thing I'm known for, it's being a massive advocate for the blind community. I often volunteer my time at a at a home for people with poor vision, and uh, it's it's really a passion project for me. I'm campaigning. I love, yeah, I love the plastic money. Like that's what we've talked about this previously when I lived in Canada. I love that the money was like plastic and then they snuck in that smell of maple syrup that they refuse to admit they do. <laughs> Speaking of refuse to admit, it 100% <laughs> is true. I'm, yeah. I'm not like, we can do this, but like it, they definitely do what refuse to admit, which is kind of funny. But yeah, I, yeah sure. I, 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 don't, I, I don't like the American money. It's like, I don't like the, the feel of it. No, I mean, the plastic is better. Obviously, yeah, with Canada, the UK has the sort of plasticky, bills australia, australia, I think australia, australia started, kind of, didn't they? yeah they were kind of leading the way in in that respect i like the euro bills but they could be nicer if they were just because you do rip them every once in a while so it's nice yeah. to know that they become unrippable all right eddie speaking of america and speaking of letting the dollar bill uh stretch as much as possible i came across a little uh instagram real that I thought would be a good trivia for you. And that is ranking the fast food brands with the most U.S. locations. Now, I know it might be a little difficult because you don't live in the U.S., but you were there recently and we did some traveling. <laughs> so you saw a lot of fast food places during your travels sure. as we drove from one part of California to the next. Do you think you can guess the top five? Um. Yeah, fairly confident, I guess. I will give you two incorrect guesses. Okay. So I get seven fair? guesses seven guesses to get the top five. But I'm not doing them in order. You're not doing them in order. You don't have to do them in order. Okay. I will so, say, do, do, you, do you want anything about this? No, I don't want any hints until I start to Not show. hints, but just like, okay, okay. So... My first guess, I know this is the company with the most fast food locations in the world. So that lends me to think that they probably are in the top five in the United States, although there is a chance that it, it's more of an international, it's their international presence that makes that fact true. And that is Subway. Subway, number one restaurant in America, 20,500 locations. Yeah. Uh, oh. McDonald's as the gimme. McDonald's, number three, 13,400 locations. Burger King. 
Burger King, number six, not on Fuck. the top five. You have one incorrect guess left. Number two. I'll go Wendy's. Wendy's, number nine. That is your last oh incorrect guess. You must get the final three correct. <laughs> I think I'm fucked. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess I should have maybe said what qualifies as fast food. That's that what is. I was going to give you, and you didn't ask. You said no. Because <laughs> like it's Panera Having Bread said fast that, food. Panera Bread is fast food, but it is not on this list. Okay. This is where it gets tough. Are these... But, wait. Are these... I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll specify a little bit. It's any place that sells food, among other things. Oh, this is bullshit. Okay, so 7-Eleven. No. Not that. That's not, that's not what I mean. That's, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll let you do it, but that's not what I mean. Okay. Anything that's... Anything that sells food among other things. You're missing an enormous one. You're missing number two. And well, it, yeah, I know it fits I'm this category. It fits this category of what I'm saying. It sells food among other things. I mean. It's a fast food brand. Fast food brand. Uh, right. I get it sells food and beverage. Sells food. I. I mean, I'm. I'm completely puzzled on on this one, and the the clues. The are listeners me. must be screaming right now. <laughs> maybe, or maybe they are. At least some of them will be as confused as I am and find that the fast food brand being thrown in isn't helping them. Food and uh, beverage. Okay, well, I mean, there are, I, I assume that you, what you're trying to lead me down is that this is like a beverage company. But then I can't think of a beverage company that has... Yes, you can. Oh. Dairy Queen? Okay, right, I'm, I'm You're at, done. Yeah. Starbucks, number oh. two. Oh, that's <laughs> bullshit. This is... Starbucks is not a fast food restaurant. It is a fast food brand. No. It has a drive-thru. It sells food and it sells drinks. That is a fast food brand. I call bullshit Subway, on this. Subway, Starbucks, McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, Taco Bell. Top five. I, 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 Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks are not fast food. That's they like saying that the, that's, that's calling the bakery on the corner of my road fast food because you walk in and you buy bread they've already what do they baked. Drive through. <laughs> oh, it has to have a drive through to qualify. I think that's a pretty big qualification. So if you go to a so if I go to a McDonald's in an airport, not fast food. No, but there are some that have, and they're a chain. Your bakery down the road isn't a chain. <laughs> we can ask our listeners. But I think what qualifies a fast food brand is they have to have, obviously, multiple locations. The food has to be given where you can get it almost immediately or made very quickly. And then that's about it. So beverages count. I mean, you can go get a Frappuccino that has 7,000 calories in it. That can be your meal. But it makes it means every coffee shop basically is fast food. It means... If it's a chain, I think so. No, no, that's not true, though, because... Yeah, I guess, but it has to be a chain. There has to okay. be multiple locations. All right, which like is a Abu lot of coffee Pond, shops. That's fast food. <laughs> Predamanger, that's fast food. 
<laughs> see, yeah, Pret a Manger is like, I don't know. I, I'm torn on that one. It's definitely but fast food. It's, it's, I don't know. It's good fast food. Like it's f- fresh fast food. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I, I struggle with this one because I can't come up with a clear definition then. Like you at least. Okay, I'll reading. give you one that's not. Hippopotamus okay. is not fast food chain. Well, no, because you can't. Do, I mean, you can do takeaway, but I think. Like Fridays, TGI Fridays. I think part of it has to be that a considerable focus of their business is that you're getting it to go. Like you can sit there, obviously, but then obviously they know. Or it's somewhat pre-prepared. Yeah. So I don't know. I I struggle. (laughs) You at least have created a definition. I don't agree with it. I can't can't come up with what my definition is. I throw out the idea that having a drive-through is part of it because that's a very American concept anyway. You just don't get as – I mean you do get drive-throughs here like – in very specific places. I don't, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it excludes it, but I think it like makes it more reason that it would be. Yeah. It's, it's an indicator for sure. Cause it, it leads into that idea that people are getting it to not eat in the restaurant. Like that's obviously a big sign, but I don't. Now I know Eddie that people are tuning in cause they want to hear our week 18 previews. But they're going to have to suffer through one more of our favorite things to do, which still ties into this America versus Europe. And that is BuzzFeed. Now, we can go through this quickly because we've already gone through similar ones. Because I think at this point, BuzzFeed is just recycling its articles and adding like one new thing. But this one is entitled 14 Things People Think America Does Better Than Europe. And I'm curious if you agree with these. And that's a literal title. I'm not saying I'm actually curious if you agree. But I am kind of curious if you do agree. So well, Hopefully, otherwise you wouldn't be asking me. <laughs> Number one, not paying to use the toilet. Um, yeah, I mean, I hate when you have to pay to use a toilet. I do get why places, public places do it to kind of avoid people just absolutely abusing public toilets. Yeah. And it also <laughs> can help to pay for the maintenance of public toilets. But what I disagree here, though, is I do appreciate the fact that you can be like on a street in Paris and there's a bathroom that you can pay to use versus like in America, those don't exist. Like if you want to go to a bathroom, you have to go into a fast food restaurant or something like that. Like so that I actually like that you don't have to go into a place to use a bathroom. There are like some available. Yeah. And I think for the most part, right, public bathrooms in Europe are nicer than in the US. I mean, I know we've had the whole debate, right? You have to the pay. stalls. <laughs> you know, the, the, the stalls with the oh, yeah. don't cover your feet, that, all of those kind of elements that people really hate. Uh, that to me is, I don't care enough. That's the category I would put that into. Because <laughs> okay, also, I don't, I so infrequently would, I would be more likely to use a public toilet I had to pay for. And I would be more likely to use a more expensive one because that would make me think I'm going to go into something in a nice condition. Otherwise, it's pure desperation that would lead me. Exactly. Like I was going to say, I'd be more likely to just go to a bar or a restaurant, have a drink and use a bathroom than have to run into a public bathroom because I'm shitting myself. <laughs> I mean, we 
on our on you mentioned the trip when we were in Venice Beach, we went to the murder holes of public bathrooms that they have. Oh my god! <laughs> Which I mean, if you top five Hall- most terrifying moments of my life, where I thought I was going to die. <laughs> if next Halloween, if you're in the LA area, and you just want to give your kid like a cheap sort of horror experience, just toss them into the, one of the Venice Beach public bathrooms, close the door, and just. Hold it closed for five minutes. Pitch black nothingness, except the smell of shit and urine. (laughs) And the eerie distant sound of seagulls, just to add to the mood. And terrible people playing basketball. All right, this one you might have written. Comparing as someone who has lived in France, the U.S., and the U.K., salaries. They are vastly superior in the U.S., Customer service is also notably better. This could be you. Are you John Chat Parasu? <laughs> that's me. Yeah, that's my other Chat GPT identity. Um, I mean, salaries. Yes, there's obviously some reasons for that, which is just we pay more taxes and we get more free things because we, I mean, they're not free, but we're paying for them. That's part of the salary element. But yeah, there's definitely if you want to earn more money, the U.S. is a better place to do it. Okay, this one comes uh, comes to us from Gamma Goose eighty five, aka friend of the podcast Furlong. Central air conditioning is something we take for granted in the U.S. I realized this when I started hearing countries in Europe getting summer heat waves and people dying by the thousands. <laughs> I mean, that might happen in the U.S. too. It's just it doesn't get reported. <laughs> There's, you know, but uh, yeah, you 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 start to appreciate grocery stores with air conditioning in them. When, when when July and August roll around, or restaurants and or bars that have air conditioning, yeah. So yeah, the U.S. has the edge there for sure. We'll skip over mortgages. That's a boring one. Um, lack of cigarette smoke. That yeah. one I might have written. That one I might be. Quayo Queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't smoke indoors anywhere. So, but it's like even just like when you walk the streets sometimes in Paris and London, it's like you just I feel as I'm breathing in cigarette smoke. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you're here, you're so used to some element of smoke that. You, yeah, you, it's very like, noticeable. I don't, I don't notice it, but it's true that especially where you live, like in Tucson, I don't remember really seeing anyone smoke. No. Whereas, I mean, when we were in other places, yeah, you saw it more. But yeah, where you were. It's true. You're you're going from pretty much zero to, you know, a significant increase. Yeah. No RIP five four nine one, aka my father. I think wrote this one. Ice. <laughs> that was his biggest gripe about Europe is that no one has ice. <laughs> Americans love ice. We. Uh, I, I mean, I know personally of at least five people with ice machines in their home. <laughs> we have debated us being this, one right? of them. The ice discussion was we had once we, before on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we've had that one. That one I, I said I, sometimes the ice adds to the experience. So some drinks you want the ice. But overall, like I don't want ice in water most of the time unless it is super hot. But I do want ice in a Balmer's or a Coke. But I think so. it's also the types of drinks. So like people in the States love like vodka club or like drinks like that that are always just like complete cup of ice and then like a spirit and a mixed drink like Jack and Coke. Like that's a huge American drink. I just don't think you see that as much in the States. You do. And there would be ice in that. 
but just a normal amount of ice. <laughs> I think the biggest, the moment you really see it is when you ask for water, because you're never going to get ice here. No. Already, the Americans expecting water, like at a bar, is a We've very American. About this too, yeah. yeah, that's a very American thing. At a restaurant, different, but at a bar, that's a very American thing. And then expecting there to be ice in that. There, you're going to get people just confused as to why yeah. you want ice water. Unless, it, of course, it's 120 degrees outside. <laughs> uh, I'm not American, but their national park and state park system is fucking glorious. Services, land set aside and protected, information, knowledgeable employees, and infrastructure. No one else is even close. Uh, I mean, I'm not educated enough. <laughs> I feel like there are national parks maybe not in this of this exactly the same structure yeah. in not Europe. as much i feel like you don't like the park ranger element sure doesn't really seem to happen but yeah i mean america's just bigger too that's it's just kind of you, it's a difficult one to compare with yeah so R rough cherry 1918 is bringing it right back up ice water at restaurants they're doubling down on this list they're <laughs> really <laughs> angry yeah that's <laughs> We get it. Ice. <laughs> uh, this one I did not understand at all. So I think Mercury 82 might be a little mis misguided here. The one thing I really miss is the cultural diversity in every large city. Any night of the week, I could go get great Mexican, Ethiopian, Cantonese, Szechuan, Japanese, Korean barbecue, soul food, Jamaican, Vietnamese, Thai, Memphis-style barbecue, other Latin countries, tiki bars, Filipino, or Mediterranean. I think that's in every major city. Like I can go, we can go to Paris and get every one of those. We can go to London and get every one of those. Yeah. Maybe wait, not so Memphis style barbecue, but that's yeah. pretty specific. If anything, I would think on a whole European major cities, well, it depends. Cause if you go to like Rome, it depends on the city. It, it does depend, I guess, where you happen to have traveled to, but I would say most Western European sit major cities are more eclectic in terms yeah. of the food that's available than the US for the most part, where it does tend to be quite like, obviously New York, LA, New York, though, different planet. Exceptions. But the like larger US cities. Phoenix, right? That's a top five city in the US. Yeah. Population They're very, like, I don't know, you can maybe find one or two good, what's one of these ones here? Jamaican restaurants, maybe. <laughs> This guy really went after it, though. <laughs> Do you think that was an exhaustive list of the food he likes to eat? <laughs> if so, I want to get a stool sample because his gut microbiome must be crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one also kind of strange, but just a just a straight throwdown on the inferiority of uh, Europe. Technology innovation. Think back over the last fifty years, from microwaves to iPhones. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what a burn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would agree with that. I feel like, I mean, Bluetooth is European, right? The, the, the internet is European. Bluetooth. Who's using like, that anymore, Eddie? <laughs> the, the world, well, you probably use it a lot. <laughs> World Wide Web. I mean, the, when I say the internet, the World Wide Web is European. Television's yeah. European. I don't know. That's a stupid one. I mean, I, yeah, you don't want to get into like a dick measuring contest on... <laughs> You know, technological who's... advancements but it, it, 
it does seem a weird but i mean here's the thing is i think you could have had a fair comment which is but this works both ways there's weird technologies that europe hasn't adopted and then there's weird technologies yeah. that the u.s which hasn't adopted yeah which we've talked about a few of those like like the, the u.s not no like the lack of apple pay universal yeah, like adoption system. It's, it's gotten it's crazy in the last two years how much has exploded but for decades the chip and then the tap like weren't a thing in America. <laughs> All right, engineer remote is throwing down some uh, some fighting words. Work ethic. The number. I I'm gonna give you his example, Eddie. Okay, because this is this is specific. This guy. This guy speaking from experience. <laughs> the number of times I've seen Americans get up at 4 a.m. to hack ice off their pickup. Drive 200 miles. <laughs> 200? 200 miles to run an excavator all day. Drive home in the dark and then work on building their mountain house for another 18 hours. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I'm assuming this guy is being slightly facetious. But <laughs> um, I think... Europeans' lack of work ethic, it's its sort of much maligned, right? I think it's normally proven wrong from most economic figures in terms of like European countries tend to lead the world in terms of productivity. So I think that's tough to argue. I think it's just a different style of working for sure. Yeah, I just think it's a difference in work-life balance a little more. And like... I feel yeah. like Americans are more willing to do kind of what he's saying, where like, I will literally commute for two and a half hours to work. Whereas I feel like a lot of Europeans will try and find a better scenario so that they have a better like life balance. Maybe, but I think sometimes, right, when we picture the US, we do picture like middle America in suburban environments or even more remote. Whereas when you picture Europe, you tend to be imagining life exclusively in major cities. I had this conversation with avid listener of the podcast, Anton, when I was in Florida with him, where he made the France comment. Is almost exclusively rural. <laughs> no, where he, where he said like, well, Europeans don't drive as much as Americans. I was like, sort of yes, sort of no. You're just picturing people who live in major cities not really driving. But if you live outside of a major city... You have to drive. Not only they drive the lengths that Americans drive. For the most part, no. That's just because it's been normalized in the United States to like a two and a half hour drive is a thirty six hour road trip. <laughs> well, that's that's different. You weren't commuting, but I do think the idea of someone being like, "Well, yeah, we'll just go there for the weekend." It's just like two and a half hours away. People probably wouldn't drive. I mean, we also have trains, you know, which changes things, but. Uh, yeah, I, I would disagree on the work ethic one, but I, I'm assuming that that person was slightly joking. All right, three left. I agree with one. First one. I don't really know about this one. Free water in concert venues and restaurants. I was at a concert in Europe, and one bottle of water was the same price as wine and beer at the venue. It was really hot, and some people fainted during the show. Where can you get free water at like a – I mean I, – I They have like water just... fountains. I guess. I mean, technically, you can get free. If you had, if you really ask for free water, you will get it anywhere. But I've never, I've not noticed 
when I've gone to American sporting events or concerts, just that <laughs> they're just flinging just, water bottles out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for like that video recently of like Taylor Swift, just nailing her fans with water bottles after one of them died waiting for her. But, yeah. Well, miserable architect, she might be mistaken or he might be mistaken. This one I do agree with dryers. This was at least true comparing the U.S. to the U.K., who usually hang their clothes to dry or have awful hybrid washer and dryers that don't really work. Not sure if this is true across Europe. Well, Costigan 95, I can say it is true across Europe, and it is a big downer. <laughs> so two, two things play into this. One, space. space. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest this is the biggest thing. Not having, if you live in an apartment, probably not having the space, dedicated space for both. Second thing is... We don't live our lives in athletic wear that can just be thrown into a dryer. If you're wearing, wow, nice wow. I'll fight back. Wow. If you're wearing cashmere or nice cotton or wool, wow. you probably aren't. You probably aren't drying your clothes that they get ruined after one wear. So sorry, we don't all sh- you know mass buy our clothing at Costco from wow. Kirkland brand. <laughs> you know, we we have clothing you have to take care of a little bit. Wow, Costigan ninety five just got just got headshotted after the elevator door opened. <laughs> <laughs> now that is a reference. I hope some people get. Okay, last one from Difficult Movie one five five. This one, this one. Now this guy's really getting after it, or she. The USA has the friendliest people in the world. <laughs> Do you want their full explanation? Coming from an immigrant who lived in many places around the world and the U.S. due to my profession, it's the easiest place in the world to do business as a foreigner because of how welcoming Americans are. In Europe and other places, people put more emphasis on you being foreign when conducting business with you. Uh, I mean, I would say for the most part, Americans are friendlier. I think that's just like in the culture. Is that why you hate them? They're just too friendly? (laughs) I mean, at times, yeah. Some people get in certain. I don't want to steal <laughs> like a. That. I don't want to steal any, any, any chance to just be anti-American. <laughs> well, I don't want to steal like the David Mitchell. You know, he's a bit, but he has a line about Americans. You know, he's a bit the, or he's a human. He, he's a human, but he has a bit. He's where he said, you know, someone sort of feigning, like working on a train or working in a store, who is just smiley and happy it's the sign of either a liar or a moron and you can you know you can kind of you can kind of get where there's coming from it's time you know it's not always genuine so i don't know if it necessarily always is super friendly but yeah for the most part people are are friendlier and nicer i don't the bit on that i would have disagreed with is i don't agree on the fact that they would americans won't comment on the fact that you're foreign or what that won't be I actually think the opposite because I'll most Americans up. go ahead. Most Americans will deal less with foreigners just because of the nature of the size of the country and stuff. And so I think it would be more of a like, oh my god, I can't believe we're doing business with an Italian. Like I think that would be more of a thing. Yeah, I'll, so I will stick up for difficult movie one five five in the sense that in my profession, I and I have personal experience with this. There was some hesitation of like working with a foreigner in the sense that like it was a different feel when I was the foreigner versus I feel a lot of times when there's a foreigner in the States, it's like, Oh my God, they're from Ireland. 
can you read this and I read this with your accent? You know, it's more of like it's more like a novelty in, in America. Not that they're not like willing to work, but they're just like more enthralled with the fact that they're not from this country. Yeah, but I think you're right there. It's because it's more of a novelty. Yeah. Whereas I think in Europe, we go beyond the novelty. And then the question is, how are you going to fit in? How well do you speak the language that we work in? Like yeah. those then become the considerations. So there's more skepticism because the novelty factor. More is, stereotypes is in Europe. <laughs> I don't know about that necessarily, but. All right. Well, with that, now let's transition to the most of American things. The National Football League. Okay, well, I'm going to quiz you to kick oh. off our NFL coverage then. Can you name the top five receivers with the most 20-plus yard plays? In this year. This year. Okay, now are you saying just not like in the air, just like a 20-yard plus? Yeah, up to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the yard after – like – Top five? Top five. Okay. Mm, injuries come into play here. Debo Samuel. No. Shit. Must have been injured too much. I'll give you I'll give you the same rules. You get seven guesses. Well, it's a little more difficult. There's a lot of receivers. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot Tyree of Kill. Tyreek Hill tied for second with twenty-eight plays of twenty yards or more. Uh, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. Third slash fourth, if you see what I mean, uh, with 26 plays of 20 yards or more. Um, oh, C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, number one, with 30 plays of 20 yards or more. So you're missing tied for second and fifth. Tied for second and fifth. Okay, this one hasn't done much lately, but I'll stick with AJ Brown. No. Ah. Um, no more incorrect guesses. You got to go two for two. <sighs> okay, I'm going to do. Can you give me one hint? Depending on what kind of hint you want. <sighs> yeah. I'll give you. Okay, I'll give you one hint. One of these receivers. Very much known for his yards after catch this season. This season. I mean, in general, too. But in particular, this season, it's been a big storyline, the yards after catch. Fuck. Um, oh, boy. Is, is one... Wait, are they all receivers? They are both wide receivers, yes. I'm going to go – is it, all right, here's, here's my question. Is one on a team that's already qualified for the playoffs? One of these players will be playing in the playoffs. One of these players will not be playing in the playoffs. Ooh, okay. Is it a Chiefs or a Niners? <laughs> Are we playing 21 I'm gonna say questions? It, it could be it, – it's either – my guesses are either Rice or Ayuk. Well, make a guess. Rice. Ayuk. <laughs> Fuck. And the final one. Do you want to take Wait. a quick quick guess at a receiver? Yeah, is it like Mike Evans? It's DJ Moore. Oh. Huh. So DJ Moore has 24. 
24 plays of 20 or more, and Brandon Ayuk has 28, the same as Tyreek Hill. Hmm. The Puka Nakua surprised you, didn't it? You didn't think I was going to get that one. Um, he has a lot I of did. big plays, especially early uh, on. He had a lot. I expected you to get CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Ayuk, and Tyreek Hill. I thought those were like the gimmies of the top five. I thought yeah. Ayuk, but then he like kind of tailed off lately. And then like Samuel took over. The Puka DJ Moore, I was going to be a little bit surprised if you got. Yeah. DJ Moore's tough. But Puka plus Nakua, I don't really do fantasy either. So that's like, a, like that's something maybe someone who does a lot of fantasy might know. Yeah, fantasy players probably would have been able to, would have known that probably a bit more easily. Well, then let's get into the playoffs, Eddie. All right. So if we start with the AFC, we have the Baltimore Ravens who have clinched the number one seed and the AFC North division title with a absolute smackdown of the Niners and Dolphins to, to make that happen. The Kansas City Chiefs have locked down the AFC West division title. The Cleveland Browns have locked down a playoff berth at 11-5. and five. And the Miami Dolphins have locked down a playoff berth at 11-5. and five. So that leaves the AFC East open, the AFC South still open, and one more wild card, right? Yeah. Correct. So first one, which is your Sunday night game. It has been flexed to the last game. You, oh. you should say, though, not only have the Browns Clint, a playoff spot. They're locked into the five seed. The five seed, yes. And then the Chiefs, so, I believe, are locked into the four seed. The three seed. Sorry, three. Yeah, yeah, sorry, three. Yeah, so the, 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 of the seven AFC playoff spots, the one is locked, the three is locked, and the five is locked. But the rest, there is there are all permutations. And the two will either be the AFC the two, East champion. The two will either be the Bills, if yes. they beat the Dolphins, or, or it will be the Dolphins. Dolphins if they and them. then, strangely enough, the Bills, if they then don't win. Well, don't spoil it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we've, ha- okay, we've handled the one, the two, and the three. There you the go. Five. Okay. So the Bills at Miami, Sunday night, last game of the regular season. As I said, it's been flexed. Bills win the AFC East if they win. Easy scenario. But the Bills can still make the playoffs if they tie or if they lose and Pittsburgh loses or ties or Jacksonville loses or ties or Houston and the Colts tie. Question, do the Bills make the playoffs? I think they do because I think they're actually I think they're going to beat the Dolphins. Because wow. I mean, the Dolphins a little banged up, and don't have as much to play for. I mean, they do. They have home field advantage or relative home and, field advantage, and yeah, a buy. they have a they have a buy and home field advantage through to the AFC Championship game. Both of those, and potentially the AFC Championship game, depending on the Ravens. Those are both, and the buy in particular, given the fact that they are banged up, is pretty valuable. But I think the Bills will win. So in my mind, I'm going to put the Bills at the two seed. Yes. 
Now I'll go then in order of what I just said there. So if Buffalo were to lose, they would still make the playoffs if Pittsburgh lost. So if we go to Pittsburgh, they are playing Baltimore, who have nothing to play for, likely will rest all of their starters. Have said already they're they're resting Lamar. Yes. I think they're going to rest a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, Odell Beckham has already booked a riverboat cruise tour for all his receivers. (laughs) (laughs) They play Saturday. So they've got the Saturday game. Saturday, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time. So Pittsburgh clinches a playoff berth with a Pittsburgh win with a Buffalo loss or a Pittsburgh win with a Jacksonville loss or a Pittsburgh win with a Houston and Indianapolis tie. And then some other less likely scenarios of them yeah. tying or a bunch of other weird things. And, um, to th- and that means that Pittsburgh most likely with most of those scenarios end up at the seven seed, but in four of those scenarios end up at the six seed. Okay. They would end up 10 and seven on the year. So once again, no matter what, Tomlin has a winning record. But they don't yeah. make the playoffs. And, who gives a shit? And going <laughs> back to that, to the Buffalo discussion on who wins in that game, I think it's a big advantage in a sense for Buffalo, right? That they, they, I think Pittsburgh will win. And yeah. so I think that then change, not that the mindset would be any different really for the, for the Bills, but then it reinforces the idea that they absolutely have to win. And so I think that's the other reason why I expect them to beat the Dolphins. Yep. Now, if we go back again to Buffalo, Buffalo can also make the playoffs if Jacksonville loses or ties. So Jacksonville is playing at Tennessee, who have nothing to play for in the sense that they're not making the playoffs, but have pride and the ability to maybe ruin someone's season to play for. That's a Sunday 1 p.m. game. So Jacksonville is in a unique scenario because they can both clinch the AFC South division or can still make the playoffs backdoor as a wild card. So if they win, boom, they are the AFC South champions, which I think will make a lot of people's anti-post bets very happy because I have to imagine they were the prime pick to win the AFC South. They were. They were one of the heavier division favorites. Yeah. And that would put them at at the four seed. Yes. Yeah, four seed. But 10 and seven, like a good record. It would be on, I guess, nine and eight isn't that great. So if they don't win the division at nine and eight, you can't be too pissed about it. But they win, they're the champs of the AFC We just saw, we just saw the divergence (laughs) in your Steelers' hatred there. You start talking about the Jags, who were overwhelming favorites to win a shitty division. And you go, well, if they were 10 7, what a great season. (laughs) Meanwhile, only. Two minutes before, you said, well, if the Steelers win, beat the Ravens, they Listen. finish at 10 and 7. You go, so Tomlin holds on to his shitty record of, of you know, 500 plus seasons. The Steelers are like top five in the NFL, bottom five in point differential. They have no business being the record they are. But they, here's the thing it's the Steelers going 10 and 7 in that division is infinitely more impressive, regardless of all the other statistics, of the Jags going 10-7 and seven in their division. Because literally, you know, they will, there will be two other playoff teams guaranteed 
from the Steelers division. I didn't hear anything you just said. <laughs> one of them is possibly the best team in the NFL, and the other one of them is the other team we highlighted as possible AFC Super Bowl contender. And the and that one, and then the other one, the Steelers, is a fraud. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so basically Jacksonville is in a must – I mean, obviously must win because to make the playoffs otherwise – they have to either tie and Pittsburgh lose or Pittsburgh has to lose. Denver has to lose and someone has to win the Houston and Indy game. So a little less likely there, because again, I think Pittsburgh playing Baltimore, I think you have to favor Pittsburgh is going to win that game. You'd think so with them. A Pittsburgh has looked a little bit better over the last couple of weeks anyway, than you with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Then you throw in the Ravens resting everyone. The fact that it's, Pretty much a must-win game for the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the scenario, there are four combinations of outcomes that see Jacksonville finish at the seven seed. I don't think any of them will happen. So really, it's four seed or bust. Yeah. And then just because we keep mentioning Denver, we've mentioned them several times. Denver is playing Sunday uh, late afternoon against the Raiders. Uh, so eight and eight Denver playing seven nine Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, and cannot make the playoffs themselves. No, they they just can impact the playoff outcomes, yes. which is one of those weird, very weird sort of elements of NFL scenarios where two teams playing against each other, neither of whom have any chance of making the playoffs, can somehow impact who else makes the playoffs. Now, the other two teams that are heavily involved in this AFC scenario are the other two teams in the AFC South. So that's the Houston Texans who are playing the Indianapolis Colts, both at 9-7, and seven, both in the AFC South, both with a chance to win if Jacksonville loses their game. So they will be praying Jacksonville loses. But what I think the NFL does quite nicely is they've put this as a Saturday night game so they won't know the outcome of Jacksonville because they're not playing until Sunday. So this makes this a must-play game for both of them. So Houston would win, obviously, the AFC South if they won the game and Jacksonville lost. Indy would win the division if they won and Jacksonville lost. Houston can also clinch the playoffs with a win even if Jacksonville still wins their game. And the same can be said about the Colts. They would be the last uh, wild card in. So whoever wins this game will make the playoffs. No, not technically. Only if the Dolphins win. So if the Bills win, then uh, it it affects the seeding. It affects the seeding. But Houston or Indy is in, whoever wins this game is in, in. whether there'll be a playoff uh, wild card or division depends on Jacksonville. Yeah. So basically Houston and if they win, Jacksonville loses, they're the four seed. The winner of this is the four seed. If Jacksonville wins, then they are either the six seed or the seven seed, depending on, they are the six seed. If Miami wins, they are the seven seed. If Buffalo wins. And that is basically the AFC. So a lot of good, still, you know, promising 
important games here, which I think will be pretty interesting. So I guess who do you think wins Colts Texans? Uh, I'm starting as it gets closer. It, it, so the Texans are are likely to be missing their two most important pass rushers, and with that in mind, I'm starting to lean towards the Colts. You're leaning so toward have, Minshew magic. I have it. If if the scenario plays out the way I think it will, I have the Ravens as the one seed, the Bills as the two seed, the Chiefs as a three seed. I think Jacksonville will win. I have them at the four seed, the Browns at the five, the Dolphins then at the six, and uh, the Colts at seven. Yeah, I mean, the the tough part for the Texans, I think, is Tank Dell. Um being gone i mean that's that was a huge loss for them he's been a great receiver and just the connection that him and stroud have had has been was pretty impressive so i'd like to see the texans win more i would like to see jay stroud rookie not the first rookie picked having a good year bring the team that i don't think many people thought would make the playoffs making the playoffs whereas i think some people predicted the colts could make the playoffs I don't think many people predicted the Texans would be 10 and seven. No, I think you're right. I think most people expected the Texans to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So it would be one of the most surprising outcomes of the season. And then Jags, Tennessee, you think Jags win that? I think so. I don't totally trust Jacksonville and Tennessee are odd. (laughs) <laughs> they occasionally produce good performances, but generally are they look very bad last week. Like I don't, there's not a lot of positives from them this season. But I, you just have to give on paper this Jags team is actually pretty good, and you just have to imagine in a must-win scenario that they can get the job done. And for the most part, their really terrible performances have come against good teams, and that is not what the Titans are. But I will say, yeah, it's. It feels like there's more to play for than there are most seasons. And certainly I can't remember a scenario where a team could either be the two seed and have a bye or be out of the playoffs like that. I cannot remember the the position the bills are in. I cannot remember ever having happened before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what would really throw things for a loop would be if that Houston-Indianapolis game did end in a tie because that would really throw things into chaos for the Bills, for the Steelers, for everybody. So, But yeah, I think think the Bills will win as well. I'm starting to feel a little better about the Bills. And I think the Dolphins, we're seeing more and more weeks now, the Dolphins are phenomenal against shitty teams, but just don't seem to have it against very good teams. And I think the Bills, if I were a, a, a Dolphins offense, I'd be slightly scared of the Bills defense. <laughs> They're just, they have an intimidating defense. Even if on paper the statistics don't tell you, I just think their reputation is is dangerous. So let's go to the NFC. Yeah, and if listeners felt like that conversation was difficult enough to follow, <laughs> the NFC only has one place locked in. The Niners are the only team with their outcome settled heading into the playoffs on the NFC side of things. But the difference is, you're right, seeding is chaotic. And maybe we don't have to get into the intricacies of seeding. But for playoff uh, spots, 
most of it already has been settled. So the Niners are the one seed, like you said. The Lions are the NFC North Division title winners, and they are locked into what seed? Or well, they're not. They could be the they could be the two, or they would be the three. Okay, two or three, right? Yeah. Dallas Cowboys have a playoff berth at eleven and five. Philadelphia Eagles have a playoff berth at eleven and five, and the Los Angeles Rams have a playoff berth at nine and seven. Yeah. Okay, so that leaves two spots, right? One yeah, spot. So the yeah the NFC South remains unsettled. So that's up for grabs. So NFC South, you have the Atlanta Falcons at seven and nine at New Orleans, who are eight and eight. Atlanta can only win the NFC South if they win and Tampa Bay loses. That's their only scenario. And they're playing Sunday at one. So if we go to Tampa find them tampa playing at the exact same time they are eight and eight playing the two and 14 carolina panthers so it is not looking good for the falcons to hope for a bucks loss here no but admittedly the panthers have looked a little bit friskier in recent weeks and unusually for a team in their position right they do not have their first round draft pick so they have no incentive to lose like in under normal circumstances this would be where you would expect the team with that kind of record to just punt the final game of the season and not hurt. I mean, aside from the Texans last year, right? But yeah. not hurt, not hurt their draft ranking uh, positioning. But this time around, the, the Panthers have no incentive to lose. So I don't think it's necessarily as easy as it looks on paper. But yeah, I expect Tampa Bay to win that. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously Tampa Bay has the easiest scenario of, you know, they win, they're in. And they, they're they in by ways of winning the NFC South division. Um, they can also make the playoff berth if they tie against the Panthers and then Seattle lose and Green Bay either loses or ties. So a little unlikely there. I mean, if they lose, they're out. If they win, they're in. If they tie, who knows? Yeah. So... That is then the NFC South, uh, and, right? Yes. Oh, the Saints, the NFC- obviously, the other side. The other side would be the Saints. So, again, the Saints playing Atlanta. So the Saints win the NFC South if they win that game against Atlanta, and then Tampa Bay again loses because Tampa Bay controls their destiny in the NFC South. Um, they can also make the playoffs if they win and Seattle loses or ties, and Green Bay loses or ties. And then another scenario if they tie. But So either if they win and Tempe loses, they're good. But if they also still win, they have a chance if both Seattle and Green Bay lose. So if we go to Seattle, I don't think it's likely that they are going to lose, although the Cards have been playing much better football. So Seattle is at Arizona. That is the late afternoon Sunday game. So it'll happen after the Saints game. So the Saints, if they win, will then get to sit and watch and see whether the Seahawks can lose that game. And the Seahawks do and not to make have, it clear. Go ahead. Seattle can only get the uh, seven seed. That is the only seed available to them. 
Yeah. So it's it's win and they're in, but it's win and they're the seven. Well, it's win if, if Green Bay loses yes. their ties. Okay. That's what I was just going to say. They have to win, but they also need Green Bay to lose who are playing at the same time as them, which I, I mean, I think the NFL does a pretty decent job of this where they kind of make these games at times where games still matter when otherwise they might not matter depending on when the team plays. So Seattle wins and Green Bay loses, they would clinch the last spot. Um, and then there are some tie scenarios. But uh, so then if we go to the last game that matters, that would be Green Bay. Um, and Green Bay is playing Chicago. A very, very interesting matchup here. Justin Fields maybe being the starter long term for the Bears, slightly on the line a little here. He is 0-5 against the Packers, has already thrown shots at the Packers, saying that he expects there to be a lot of Green Bay fans because there's nothing else to do in Green Bay except watch football. Um, So shots fired by Justin Fields. Uh, But Green Bay, they control their own destiny. They win. They're in. They're in for a wild card. Um, And again, if they lose, then Seattle would get in if they win into that wild card and then some other scenarios. If not, so yeah, Green Bay can get in and with a loss. If Seattle lose, if Tampa Bay or New Orleans lose, and if Minnesota loses or ties, those are the yes, the thing. That's what Green Bay would require. And then that brings us to the last game, which is Minnesota at Detroit. That is the early Sunday game. So again, Green Bay will know going in whether they have some sort of chance with that Minnesota loss or, or not. Um, and Minnesota can get a playoff berth, a little unlikely, but they need to win. And then they need to sit in their locker rooms and watch Green Bay, Seattle, and Tampa Bay all lose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Minnesota game doesn't impact the other teams, if you see what I mean. No. It just means it increases their chances of going out if Minnesota has won. Yes. Like that's all it really does. It's not as if Minnesota's fate is entirely in the hands of three other outcomes. Yeah. And then Minnesota can also win uh, a playoff berth if they win and Green Bay loses, Seattle loses, and New Orleans lose. So yeah. they definitely need Green Bay and Seattle and then either Tampa Bay or New Orleans to lose. So, yeah. and to, make things so to make things clear for our listeners, because we've kind of danced all around, the <laughs> yeah. one seed locked in for the 49ers, the two seed, will be Dallas's if they win. If Dallas loses, then it would be uh, – um, so obviously if other teams lose. But if Dallas lose and Detroit wins, it's Detroit's. If Dallas loses and Detroit loses and the Eagles win, it's the Eagles. Otherwise, Detroit would likely be the three seed – you know, not getting too complicated in the possible combinations, but likely Detroit at the three and the Eagles at the five. Then the four, that comes down to whoever wins. It's between Tampa Bay and New Orleans and Atlanta for that divisional win to see whoever gets the four seed. Yep. And then the six and the seven are the kind of nightmare complicated. Well, actually the six is pretty easy. It's just, it's the six is super easy. It's either the Packers or the Rams. So it's just a, a case of Rams win. They're the six. 
if the uh, and then if the Rams lose and the Packers win, then they are the sixth seed. And then the seven is just a nightmare with multiple teams with like four plus combinations required for them yeah. to, to be there. And just to cover those other games. So like you said, the Cowboys win, they control their own destiny for the NFC East division title. So if they win, they're in, or if Philly loses, they also still win that division title. And Dallas is playing four and 12 Washington on the Sunday afternoon game at Washington. So I would expect Dallas to win that game and wrap up the NFC East division. If they weren't, then the Philadelphia Eagles playing at the same time against the New York Giants, if they won and Dallas lost or tied, would win the NFC East. Do you expect, you know, we, I think we've asked this even the last few years, coming down to the last week, do you expect a major upset to throw a spanner in the works? Oh, one of your favorite expressions. Thank you. I don't. So to run through what I expect to happen in the NFC, I mean, obviously the Niners locked into one. I expect the Niners to lose, though, this weekend because I just they've already said they're resting Purdy. Admittedly, the Rams are also resting players. So it's this like weird scenario where the Rams kind of have more to play for but don't have a ton to play for but are also resting players. Um, so it's a strange one to kind of predict what the outcome of that game will be. Uh, but I so is that a game I, you have no interest in watching? Um, probably not. No, I'll probably. I mean, I'll have red zone on right. There'd be a mild interest in seeing how these backup quarterbacks do. Obviously, I've been touting the abilities of one of them, oh, but you know, it will be kind of in, kind of interesting to see. But even then, you can't really assess the performance of the backups because they're going to have, not have their main receivers and running backs. And they're playing they're against be, backups. <laughs> they're playing against backups. So basically, you're just watching a preseason. This is like week one of the preseason that yeah. you're now watching in week 18 of the NFL. So here's my other question that a lot of people have been bringing up I've seen. What's your take on red zone even showing these games? Oh, they, the red, red zone wastes enough of our time anyway during the regular season. Like, I like the red zone, and I think they do a pretty good job. But sometimes they do focus on a meaningless but exciting game more than like a meaningful game. So sometimes I do find myself like, why have I just watched the last four minutes of the Panthers against, you know, the Raiders yeah. when I could be watching, okay, it's a 10 point game elsewhere, but it's more yeah. sort of significant. Niners, Cowboys or something. But I will yeah. say the only difference there is a lot of people who tune into red zone are fantasy football fans. Or but gamers. now you don't even have fantasy football. I know, but still, but now you don't even have fantasy football playing as well. So there's, uh, there's no reason. Oh, hundred percent. There's some weird leagues out there. I used to be in a league that ran through to week 18 or what was at the time week 17. I would be, so for red zone, I would be okay. I think the rule red zone should implement is they should never show the games that don't matter unless they're in the red zone. So, you know how sometimes they'll just show a game, and that'll be the game. And then they'll like switch on to a red zone action as it's happening. Only show me the game. If that team, it doesn't matter is in the red zone. I'm okay. Cause I like to see touchdowns and, and nice scoring plays, but I, don't I, ever I'd, show me a, a meaningless game. Like the Niners on like the 50 yard line. I'd amend that. Only show me that game to show me the scores or a turnover. 
Okay. Like, I don't want to go live to any of these games. Not even first and goal. Niners no. first and goal on the five. Just show me the touchdown. Because okay. do I want to watch the first and goal and go, oh, stuffed? Lining up for second and goal now. Oh, <laughs> incomplete pass. Lining up for third and goal. Like, I don't really care. Just show me. And because that would be one of my gripes. And the other thing, sometimes when he does like the quad box or the triple box, we don't need it. What about like, the deca box? We had that like, on uh, last week when it had 10 we games playing at the same time. And like, especially sometimes they'll do it. Especially at one, at one moment last week, there were two game potential game winning field goals that were going to be kicked at like identical, like right at the same time. And then they split the box just and you they, couldn't and see either of them. Because the ball you can't so see them. Small. Yeah, they just make because it's not it's not obviously not half the screen because they're like boxes within yeah. the screen. Just show me one and then immediately cut to the other. Like we don't need to actually like I can't miss half a second of what this field happens with this field goal. But yeah, anyway. So finishing it, yeah, I expect Dallas to be the two seed because I think Dallas will win. I then expect Detroit to be the three seed. I think Tampa Bay will win. So I have Tampa Bay at the four seed. Obviously, the Eagles then at the five seed. I think the Rams will win. So I have them at the six seed. And then I think the Packers will win. So I've got them at the seven seed. I think the Packers are going to lose to the Bears. Of all of the sort of upset scenarios we have coming into this week, that feels like the most likely one in terms of where one team has nothing to play for and the other one uh, does. But yeah, I and it, I'll say then. You know what? This, Green, is, this is a classic it, NFL script scenario where <laughs> Justin Fields plays really well, knocks the knocks the Packers out of the playoffs. And then all off season, we have the great talking point of do the bears draft another QB after fields played so well to end the season. Perfect. Well, we're going to have, we're going to have that anyway, because he's played well enough, right. To have started that conversation against shit teams. <laughs> uh, so, okay. I think green Bay will win if green Bay loses, which I think is the most of all these kind of weird permutations we have. That's the most likely upset. I see, I do expect Seattle to win. So if green Bay loses, I expect Seattle to be the seventh seed. Well, that was pretty easy. <laughs> I mean, listeners may have switched off halfway through that because they just got, if this happens and this happens and then this happens. But I mean, the thing I do enjoy is we get two Saturday games and a nice slate on Sunday. Yeah. And then regular season over feels like it's flown by. It feels super say long that. to me. Really? <laughs> yeah. To me, September feels like it wasn't that long I, ago. I mean, I felt like the giants have been out of the playoffs for five months now. <laughs> the giants have been out of the playoffs for five months. <laughs> I mean, the Giants have been out of the, the playoffs for five years, so it's not it's not really a, a new thing. But no, I yeah, I, I feel like week two, week three, week four does not feel like that long ago. The over under 
don't know if you saw this for the Steelers Ravens games. Have you seen that? Uh, it's got to be ridiculously low because if you expect the Steelers to win and they never score more than like 24 points, that would be an explosive offensive performance for them. So that means that you have to have the Ravens at under 20. So already the over under, it's got to be in the 30s. I'll put it at like 36.5. 34.5. Which is Pretty outrageous. Low. There is I one game, Eddie, this week that is lower. Can you guess the game? I'll give you a hint. We have not mentioned this classic thriller yet. Uh, I'm trying to think of the game we haven't mentioned. It is a game that the NFL probably put at a week 18 just just licking their chops about how great this week 18 matchup could be. Oh, Patriots Jets. Patriots Jets. 30.5 is the over under. I mean I don't know how you – I'm not an over-under person anyway. Although in that sense, the idea of teasing lower. I mean, if you tease at 23 points. 24.5 would be yeah, to go I mean, over. Like, yeah. I Obviously, there are games that finish with fewer points than that. But I don't know how you can bet the under and feel remotely confident because literally in the first quarter – you could be toast. Yeah. And you could never actually feel that confident. Like even if it were, you know, nine to three going into the fourth, you're st- like three touchdowns happen and you're screwed. You know, like that's the, I could never feel, you'd literally, what, what would the score have to be going into the two minute warning in the fourth quarter for you to feel totally comfortable that you were hitting the under like how many points if it's 30 you said 30 10 nothing <laughs> so you 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 anything that so three touchdowns i would be okay with like 14 you know uh 10 7 i'd be okay with really because yeah, oh, the 14 oh no because then it's 17 14 and then one more touchdown and you're, and you're done. You're done. 17-14, you're done. That's 31. Yeah. If it if it ended seven if you were if it was 10-7 and then it ended yeah. 10-7 ten, ten, if the team with 10 points has the ball, you'd feel okay. Okay. But if it's 10-7 and the team losing has the ball, you're not feeling you're no. feeling you're 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 imagining how you can lose this yeah. at that point. And I mean what's What's really tricky about a game like that is the Jets are so inconsistent. So just I know this is meaningless, but they put up 20 the week before, 30 the week before that. So you'd be like, oh, come on, 20, 30. They'll, they'll, get, they'll get up there. Week before that, they put up zero against the Dolphins. Then they put 30 against the Texans, but then 8, 3, 6, 12, 6. <laughs> like, it is a crapshoot as to whether you're over or under. The Jets score 10 points, basically. So you have to hope it's the over 10 for the Jets if you're betting the over. I, I mean, the yeah, Patriots I, are kind of consistently shit, but the Jets. <laughs> the know. other thing, you say that, though, but both of these teams have like weird special teams plays and stuff at times as well, which makes this even worse. Like these are two you know teams. What? I'm teasing the over. I'm teasing the over in a meaningless game right now. So wait, what are you? Te- you're, you're going 
higher over 23 and a half, 24 and a half. And you're taking the over. Yes. I think that's fine. Honestly, I would be obviously plenty of games finish plenty of games, a handful of games per season finish with the under there, but like 24 and a half. I'm going to tell you right now, do you want to guess the score they played earlier this year? The Jets I mean, probably was probably was under that. Uh, Fifteen like, to ten, just made it. <laughs> hey, hit the over. There you go. Fifteen. What a fucking crazy number. <laughs> Anything else? Um, on the NFL I guess side of things, brings me to a question I had for you. Do hmm. you even think about betting games that have no meaning here? No. So I'm the only idiot that's going to bet the over and a team. Well, no, you're not the you're not the only one. I mean, that over I can kind of see because like it's so ridiculously low that really you're just doing the under. You're a psycho. Like if anyone out because there not only are you betting on a game that has neither team really cares, although I guess potentially might want to lose, if especially if you're the Patriots, but you're also hoping that the game's not fun. So it's like weird to have, like it's like betting an under at a preseason game. It's like not only do I <laughs> do no one no one involved in this really cares. I'm also thinking that because they don't care, they're not going to score more. And to me, I would lean towards the teams don't care, so they're more likely to score points or have dumb plays or go for it in scenarios where they wouldn't normally do so. So the 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 over the super low over, I can see anything right. else. Maybe in-game, you know, like that I could see at halftime if the Jets are up 14 to 3, maybe you decide, okay, I can, but even then, you kick yourself if you put money on this game and you lose. You'll be questioning your sanity. All right, I guess NFL-wise, that wraps everything up. Elsewhere, uh, less going on. In European football this weekend, a lot of leagues are on breaks. The Bundesliga is off. A lot of of transfer chatter. Liga is off, yeah. In England, it's the FA Cup this weekend. A couple of good ties, but still takes, you know, not as less on the line in the early stages of the FA Cup. And yeah, the transfer windows opened on January 1st. So a few moves have already happened or are being rumored to happen. Blackburn made the weird decision of loaning their captain to another team today. So that's one of the more bizarre transfer decisions you'll probably see this season. Uh, But yeah, we can, I guess, do a transfer window catch up sort of later on uh, as things start to develop more. Elsewhere, I watched some tennis today. I watched Rafael Nadal lose as his comeback trail started. Oh, boy. His first event he's played in a while. He lost to Jordan Thompson in three sets in Brisbane today. But, you know, showed some positive signs, but clearly was lacking match fitness as the third set started to started to wear on, which raises some concerns for his... I mean, I don't think anyone would say he has a chance of winning the Australian Open, but just even of progressing. The fact that he's struggling in a, th- in a three-set match and he would have to play a minimum of three sets to make it through... Um, that's a bit worrying. And then some crazy cricket's been happening. I don't know if you've been paying attention to test cricket, India and South Africa. I've not. 
23 wickets fell on the first day of the test between South Africa and India. It was over on the second. It, it had a chance, a legitimate chance of finishing on the first day, which would have been the first test match in history to finish on the opening day. So that was something I was kind of hoping for at one stage, but unfortunately only 23 wickets fell and uh, they managed to sort of see it out to the second day. And then uh, similarly at the end, and that included at one moment in time, uh, India lost five wickets, their final five wickets without adding a run. Holy crap, really? Yeah. In a test match. In a test match, yeah. I literally walked away from the television. (laughs) I'm not joking. I'm not like... I walked away from the television and they were, what, 230-something for five. And I came back and they were all out. And I couldn't quite... I thought either I had misread the score when I'd last looked at it or I was misreading it now. It was bizarre. And then similarly, today, this, well... This morning, if you're not in Australia, Australia, Pakistan are playing a test match. And in the final over of the day, Pakistan lost four wickets. So they tried to replicate what India managed. So not a lot of quality test match batting going on at the moment in in world cricket. Yeah, I haven't watched any cricket recently. I mean, it's tough to watch with the time difference. Yeah, that's a. uh, Actually, the. the Australian one would line up pretty nicely for you. That's like an early afternoon start. That's, that's true. Actually kind of, that is kind true. of nice. Uh, but yeah, the, the, South Africa, that's the middle of the night for you. But, uh, and then, yeah, I guess it's pretty much it for, for world sport for the most part. The only other thing I have, not technically sport but competition related is i'm sure you haven't seen this but for some reason it pops up on my yahoo feed <laughs> which i know you'd love the, the one last yahoo holdout yeah yeah literally i think they keep that website running just for you <laughs> well i'm glad they do because it is definitely tailored to me this kid just became the first person to beat nes tetris So Tetris came out 34 years ago in 1989. And technically, this is the first time someone has ever beaten it. And that's the technicality is that there is no way to ever beat Tetris. There's no like final stage. It just keeps going. But what can happen is you can freeze the game up because you've played so well and you're just increasing so much that the game can't like adjust the gameplay enough, quick enough to how well you're playing and it just freezes the game. It's only ever happened when a computer has played the game and caused the game to freeze. This is now the first person to ever do it. And he is a 13-year-old kid from Oklahoma. If you're that kid, does that go when you're applying to colleges? Are you mentioning that? Yeah. When you're applying for jobs, like, is that going on your resume as like the interesting thing, you know, the like hobby section, only person in the world to have beaten Tetris? Yeah, because I also think you've gotten some some publicity out of it. So you could also say like only person to ever have beaten Tetris featured 
on Good Morning America or something like that, you know? If someone applied for it to work for me, they were like 30 years old. It was like a link to a YouTube video from 20 years before. I think I wouldn't be hiring them in that. Okay, about like the Conan O'Brien show? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I do think you would mention, I just don't know. I don't know if you want to like start a new job as like the Tetris kid. You know, that would be, because it is also undoubtedly dorky. Right. Like, uh, oh, I mean, there's a video. So it's like he uh, it wasn't Twitch, but it was like he live streamed it or whatever. And like his reaction, that's that's maybe why you don't do it, because then someone definitely Googles like, let me see what happened. And then you see <laughs> this guy is a 13 year old being like, oh, I did it. <laughs> well, I have to yeah. say I caught myself watching for like a good minute and a half, two minutes, just watching how fluid he is at playing Tetris. And it's not as good as you think. He's not like eliminating uh, rows like every single time, but there's obviously yeah, a skill a to it where you do like yeah. four at a clip and then like you build it and then do like, and then just like how good, because there was a time where he kind of built up a little and then within like four moves, it was like, down to the first or second row it was and i mean they're flying right like the moves are they're the pieces are going crazy quick you kind of get a little mesmerized for a little bit i mean i didn't watch 15 minutes of it which is the whole video sure. i watched like two or three yeah of course i watched like eight I, or nine so i watched like 11 or 12 minutes of it 50 times <laughs> yeah no i mean watching anyone like i'm not i don't like watching clips of people like playing video games and stuff it's one of those parts of the world that like of younger culture that kind of blows my mind. Like I can get someone watching a tutorial or a guide like yeah. that I've done in my life to figure out how to get better at something. But, but you don't want to watch someone playing like COD and see how good they are. No, just to watch the video of them doing stuff. Like if someone sends me a funny clip, I'll watch yeah. that. But aside from that, no, I'm not watching a, a live stream to just watch some big COD player to play. Now I'll give you a funny one though, Eddie. Cause you always talk about how you get these personalized videos. I have never played red, De red dead redemption, but you and uh, one of our friends would often talk about it. And it, one of the videos of like one of the things that happened in the game popped up once and I watched it and I was like, Oh, that's actually pretty interesting. Like this game looks pretty cool. And now I get red dead redemption videos constantly and the bad part is i just continue to watch them because i think it's like somewhat interesting like yesterday i watched one where he like the person tried to to rob uh, a train by putting like the carriage in front and like shooting off the top of the carriage and it just ran him over it's like oh it's actually pretty realistic <laughs> it, it's a fun game red dead redemption i miss those times those were simpler times in the world pre-pandemic it was uh I mean, I haven't spoken about Red Dead. You say that as if the the group chat that you're in, Red Dead Redemption, is still coming up regularly. There's been no, no Red Dead Redemption in that this group chat. This has been years for, in the making, for, just watching yeah, these six, videos. I mean, I've literally been watching it for years. Yeah. Okay, well. Do they have a lot of Red Dead Redemption videos on Yahoo? Is that the thing? No, this is on, I think, Facebook or Instagram, one or the other. All right. Non-sporting wise, fully non-sporting wise then. 
Do you have anything to mention? No, not really. That's about it. All right, I guess with that, I'll talk to you later then. Yeah, enjoy the final weekend of the NFL regular season. Thank you. You as well. See you later. See you. Ooh. See you. Later.